This is Captain's Log 792. Life has been coming at me super fast these days. I believe it's because I asked the universe for abundance and it seems like I'm finally being rewarded. Lately, I've been having to find myself on YouTube Academy and Google so I can study the stories of those who have found treasure in this world. There are many creators out there that have gone a distance and seen what the world has to offer. After studying their stories, I feel like there are a lot of parallel moments. I see similar patterns in my life now. It makes me wonder, am I living real life creator tropes? Since it's on my mind, I decided to link with the crew and talk shonen tropes. So here you have it, the troop talks tropes. up supernovas and welcome back to the worst generation podcast the exploratory anime and manga podcast i am your host gb and we coming to y'all today with a new episode shonen tropes admittedly i'm gonna let you guys know off back i didn't know the difference between how tropes and troops was spelled i've been spelling it wrong all week and fuck that nigga sensei for letting me do that uh he actually knew how the shit was spelled and let me go outside like that so Without further ado, I want to get into the episode. I'm going to start it off with introductions, of course. First up on the show today, the man who let me be down bad for an entire week straight, our resident YouTuber and host of Gloves Off, Sensei the Glove. Yo, man, what's cracking, man? It's your boy, Sensei the Glove, the ball-head black anime nerd, the ball barbarian, the ball-head bitch smacker, the ball ballroom dancer, the ball baby binge pusser coming to a city near you, nigga. Mr. Gloves off, King Glove, first of his <laughs> first of his name, long made fucking rain. Back in this bitch was cracking. Coming to a motherfucking city near me. At the time of this recording, it's not quite yet birthday territory, but it's been birthday territory all month. Uh Sensei definitely pulling up for our shared duo birthday. We just want a name for that shit. Um mm-hmm. and we gonna we gonna definitely kick it. So that's gonna be a fun ass time. I can't wait. Uh, next up on the pod is the first mate of the podcast, creator and facilitator and king villain of Run My Fade. Y'all let this nigga get away with extreme villainry, villainry and no one pushed him to the final round. I don't understand how when he instigated everything. Uh, but we have our man One Piece Leak. Yo, what's good? It's One Piece Leak, a.k.a. First Mate Leak, a.k.a. Mr. Run My Fade, a.k.a. Liko! Yeah, it was good. Uh, the behind-the-scenes timeline villain, the orchestrator of many things. <laughs> the orchestrator of many things. The orchestrator things. of many things. <laughs> <laughs> that shit's so, so vague and so grand at the same time, bro. Funny as hell. I'm glad you like that Liko. That's what's up. Liko! Yeah. But y'all know what it is, man. We back with season three. More content. Can't wait to get into this topic because I specifically approach this topic because it's some stuff I want to talk about and it's I'm very curious to see specifically Sensei's thoughts on some of these things. Okay. 
question. When you wrote this topic down on the shared note, how did you spell it? I definitely spelled Funny it wrong. Funny <laughs> I for sure spelled it wrong. And the reason why I knew I spelled it wrong is when I looked at your rundown, I was like, wait, is that Troops? The Shonen Troops? I was, I was like, wait. Because I was looking, I was like, okay, it's not everything that I thought of, but you know, we'll get into it. And then I was like, wait, maybe he think it's troops and not tropes. And then I looked, I was like, yo, I spelled this shit wrong as fuck. <laughs> Bro, it was a fucking domino effect. And so I just want to be clear. Are we talking tropes? The cliches? Shonen tropes. Cliches. Okay, we doing cliches, man. Don't nobody get up here talking about their favorite groups and shit. We, we not here for that. But it was definitely a domino effect because I, I read it. I just I just copy and pasted it and then I just start writing as you wrote it. And but I ain't know the difference anyway. I if since they hadn't said nothing, I'd be on here still rolling with it. So moving forward, next up on the pod, we have the behind the scenes man. Uh he handles all the administration, keeps the pod running smoothly, makes sure that we on point and uh gives us our daily dose of Call of Duty coaching. My boy, that boy Frankie. Yo, 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 what's good, Simple Nellas? Get your shit up. It's time for that season three slander and back for the very first time this season. It's me, that boy, Frankie, the Superman of Metropolis, the Batman of God, the man who told the Grinch there will be no motherfucking Christmas. And as always, right for the casual anime fan, what's good, pod? If niggas did not know you was a band nigga, they know you a band nigga because of the way you breathe. Because only band <laughs> niggas, only band niggas. Be- <laughs> yeah, I was hearing every fucking breath. G, pause. Yeah, but I love, I love, right? But I love that <laughs> shit, man. I love the energy that Frankie brings to every podcast episode, yeah. and uh, I'm definitely gonna work on your introductions and make sure I do that shit smoother next time. Uh, we got to get you a segment. Hey, it's all good. Do you man. want a segment? Do you even care about having a segment? I mean, yeah, I'm done. Hey, yeah, you I'm gotta give like, you gotta do like a. Uh, you gotta do like a, a regular nigga segment, like where you just give regular nigga takes. Regular nigga takes. <laughs> the cat, yo, cat, you gotta get like casual takes. I was on the bus today and I looked over this bitch's shoulder and she was watching anime. <laughs> that shit looked good. And this has been a take from this has been a take and this from has Frankie. Been a take from Frankie. The regular nigga. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think we got to figure out a segment for Frankie, man. We can't have you on here, and I don't have anything to attribute to your name. Uh, we we want people to be able to, yeah, that's that boy, Frankly. Uh, he the host of regular nigga takes, uh, whatever. Yep. We come on, facts, 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 facts. And last but certainly not least, the funniest nigga on the pod, the creator and host of Worst Generation Hotline. We also have a hotline this episode for y'all, and it's fucking hilarious. This is. The first two-part hotline that we've ever had. So you're going to listen to the segment in this episode, and you won't get the second segment in the next episode. Uh, I hope that you guys are ready for that. I hope that we're ready for that, because we ain't never did shit like this. So hopefully I can edit it right. Um, Mr. No Shame in his game, I will shoot my shots when I feel like it, Master D. (laughs) You're fucking right. (laughs) <laughs> Master D of AKA of Worship's podcast, AKA Pandemic D, AKA Miss. I painted her walls and Plan B didn't work, but there's always a Plan D, AKA Drax wow. Destroyer, AKA Nigga Rome with the Dense Bones, what? AKA Karoro the Forgotten One, AKA Let Me Clear My Door, <clears throat> AKA. 
Hello, Let's we're go, bro. where we help you out with your problems. You know, I'm here to talk to you and I'll coach you through whatever issues you may have. How are you doing today? Welcome to the Worship Worship Podcast. Good shit, bro. Yo ass be going Good crazy. Shit, bro. Going crazy with the intro. I'm a little upset with you right now, Ron, because you played that ringtone perfectly and we just recorded four hotlines. <laughs> bro, I, and you didn't I, play the ringtone once. I'm I'm mad at myself. I was definitely I was using my head for my Apple headphones, and I really thought it was going to play through the headphones, but nope, I was being a dumbass, and I didn't realize I was plugged into the phone, so only I could hear it. So I apologize for that one there. Definitely my blunder. Won't happen again. You smoked us, bro. I'm sorry. Well, now that that's out the way, we got the, we got the introductions down. That's everybody that's here with us on the pod today. I want to get through a couple housekeeping announcements real quick. Definitely got to give a special shout out to our Patreons. If you are a patron of ours, I am absolutely wholeheartedly sorry for all the spamming I've been doing to your emails. Uh, I just did mass updates to the Patreon, reshuffled the entire catalog system, realized that some of the things that I was doing was inefficient. So I went back, changed those things up, made it easier for you to use our pa- uh, Patreon service. And then I uploaded all the Anime After Dark episodes that were missing and cleaned some more things up. So, uh, yeah, I'm sorry for spamming you guys' email like that. Please forgive me. Don't hate me. Stay subscribed to our email list. Uh, we're going to work on that in the future as well. Last thing about the Patreon, I just uploaded the Give Panda the Ox lo-fi mix that we have on our Conquering the New World episodes. If you want to listen to that mix, it is now on Patreon. It's roughly 40 minutes. I like to listen to it when I'm working, and I hope that you do too. I think that you should be able to download it. If you can't download the mix from our Patreon, just let me know, and I'll work on making that downloadable for you uh next up anime after dark clubhouse don't forget to tune in on wednesdays with us at 9 30 p.m cst anime after dark is something that we do in collaboration with blenime podcast it's fun every week we get it in uh the recordings will only be available on patreon going forward and you guys will have to be a part of patreon if you want to catch the recordings it'll still be free to pull up for the live action though that's always going to be free for you guys. And that's it for the announcements. So let's move on, man. What y'all been up to this week? Uh, who's watching something new? Who's reading something new? Any interesting debates or convos y'all see on the timeline? What's popping? Well, I have caught up in My Hero, like I said I would. And I finally finished season two of Fire Force. Um, what I will say because I know it was a big controversy for all the people who are caught up in My Hero's manga, that they were switching the arcs, um, the My Villain Academia arc and the arc, the training arc that they're doing right now. Uh, some of the holes in that decision are starting to show as of the latest episode. Um, if you are not, if you are caught up, then I'm referring to the meeting between Hawks and the Liberation. If you are not caught up, then yeah, you probably just don't even know what the fuck is going on. But you will know once the next arc comes. Do you feel like uh, this is one of those cases where they should have just left shit as it went in the manga and not, not worried about it? They should have just left it alone. Because if they have an issue, if the issue is the pacing, then they should have been worried about that shit a while ago. <laughs> like seasons ago. Because if they switched it so that they could end the season on a more exciting note, then they should have been trying to, like, rearrange shit a long time ago. 
other than that, they should have just saved the training arc for the next season. But I understand they didn't want to do that because it's enough content in the next arc that could be a whole season in itself, in and of itself. But it's just continuity issues that bothers me. When everything's said and done, we're going to have to go back and take an overall look at My Hero Academia, the anime side of things, and see how that was handled as a whole. Because I think that might be a conversation that needs to be had um, just about like how things were ported over and the overall quality versus the manga. Uh, Because the manga has its flaws, but I hear a lot of people that just have take issue with the anime. I used to think that the anime was doing a better job than the manga. I still do in some regards, but like this is not one of those regards. <laughs> like this is like a huge step back in my opinion. Like so, yeah. Nah, are you caught up, G? No, I'm letting. I am officially. I do it in in twenty fives. So I'm officially seventy three chapters behind. Because what we on? Okay. Is it three nineteen, three ninety one, something like that? Something I don't know. I'm 73, 73 or 72, maybe 74 chapters behind. When it gets to 75, then I'll do like three sets of 25, and that's how I can 319. Yeah, 319. Yeah. So uh yeah, when it get when I get to like 75 behind, I'll probably like do three 25 binges, and that's how I do my hero. Uh because I really don't I don't need to read week to week. I don't care about interacting with the fandom, and I pretty much don't watch the anime, so yeah. That's where I'm at. Yeah, I haven't even seen this new season at all. I really, I don't care to watch the anime. When, um, when I watched, I, I liked season one. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna stun. I fucked with season one, and then season two went up to what? I watched all of. I watched all of season, season two, two. Ended on the was it the. Uh... Damn, when they was when they, when they was doing the was uh, it stain? I want to say it was stain because it was it was or right was after. It, uh, or was it the full? No, it wasn't the full cowling shit. Yeah, that was stain. Like that, that led stain. into stain. Because I, I watched, so I watched all of season. Uh, your background kitchen noise is killing me. Since that's time, my bad. Let me read my shirt. Uh, <laughs> I watched all of. Uh, I watched all of season two, and then from that point on, I kind of just haven't really cared to watch the anime. It hasn't appealed to me more than the manga, or given me a reason to want to watch over the manga. So yeah, I pretty much just stick to the manga. I watch. Uh, I watch the episodes when I got time, though. Like if I sit down and shit else that I feel like watching, I will watch the My Hero. And catch up because the animation when when they do do like the heavy fight scenes and everything, that shit is gas. Can't even stop. I just wasn't even looking forward to the season because the and the manga was just so heating up, and so I was like, well, I'm just so excited about the manga. The anime was just like, eh, I'll watch it when it's over and just binge the whole thing. Because especially from what I've heard or seen, it's like pretty slow pace, and it just was just like oh, a lot of side character side quests, and wasn't anything really important important on the side, you know. So I'm not really looking forward to this, like next season of my villain academia, villain arc. That's what I'm really looking forward to. That's gonna be really, oof, yeah. What uh, what are you reading and watching right now? Um, currently I'm on still reading One Piece, still reading you know my um my academia, and I'm actually rereading Chainsaw Man as the anime is coming out later on this year. So I've been enjoying that. And I actually just started watching, because I haven't been watching much anime. I've been kind of like on a hiatus a little bit, but Panda put me onto this anime called The Life Lessons of 
Uromichi Onisan. And um she just sent that joint to me too. I, I don't have a Funimation on my fire stick though. I really I thought Funimation, everything on Funimation was on Hulu. And this was the first time I went to look for something and it's on Funimation, but I can't find it on Hulu. So I I've been misled. Yeah, it's um it's a life, it's a slice of life. It's kinda basically follows the main character. He's a kid's game show host, but when you think of like uh, someone doing a kid game show host, they don't do it the way you think because they're pretty. They have pretty dark humor. That <laughs> for me, someone who likes dark humor, I enjoy it because they're literally showing like what life lessons of like being an adult are. Like you have to wake up every day, you gotta go to work. You're not. You don't like your job, but you gotta do it anyway. The funniest part for me is how the kids interact with these with them when they get pretty serious and like the kids are more concerned about them than they are about the kids, which is funny, you know. And um, but it's been entertaining so far. Just season episode two just came out, and um, I'm excited for the season. See what it has in store for me, because I'm every episode I've been dying to laugh ever since, and I rewatch it just because it's that funny. That's what's up. I want to check out that life lessons. Uh, I figured that's why she sent it to me because it has the dark humor, and mm. I definitely want to get into that. I plan on watching it the other night. I had brought some new edibles and was like, okay, I'm gonna sit down and watch it tonight, and it just wasn't on there. And Edible had already kicked in, so I didn't have the energy to go figure out downloading Funimation and trying to get me an account together. I said, fuck it. Who else we got? Who else is here today? Uh, Leek, Cuzzo? Y'all been reading, watching anything? Um, of course, Kingdom, Solo Leveling, Tokyo Revengers, um, Tower Guy started back up recently, so I'm reading that. Um, Record of Ragnarok, I think it was on a break for something. Um, so not really reading that. Wow, wow. All right. But um and then of course, you know, my week to week shonens that I read every week, you know, One Piece, Doctor Stone, etc. Um, hopefully Gege is resting and getting well so he can come back. Um but I'm not really watching too much. Like I'm in one of those modes where I'm not really interested in watching anime and I'm just reading everything. So I'm kind of just like going back every now and then where and maybe watch a few episodes, but I'm just not really in the mood for anime. Like I'd rather just read everything at this point. I've been on the same shit. I've barely watched anything. Uh and it's part it's part my, my mood right now, my feeling right now. But it's part I'm just at this new job and I don't have the same time to sit around and watch anime. So I've been reading in between uh a lot. And it's easier for me to read than it is for me to watch stuff. Um I thought two things. I thought you were caught up in Kingdom already. Yeah, but it's still coming out week to week. So oh, okay. it drops. Yeah, it drops like every week. So whenever it drops, I I read it to like keep, you know, obviously keep along with it. It's a weekly and not a monthly? Um, I think it's weekly. Let me, let me see. You know, Check speaking of Kingdom, date. I remember I started watching that Kingdom anime that was on, I think, Crunchyroll. And uh, don't, don't do that. Don't do I, that. Yeah, I fell off because I just was just like, I can't do this, man. The animation was just like really just like, uh, no, it's not what I so, like. So yeah, Kingdom is like the anime is every 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 other every other week maybe. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it goes I was say, if you if you come out week. if you come out and say weekly with the artwork that you post and that you show me. Do you finna blow my mind that they doing that type of artwork on a weekly basis? So it's it, it varies. Like sometimes it's week to week and sometimes it's every other week. So like this recently we had a trap to drop on July 9th, and then before that was July third, and before that was June twenty third. So about oh, okay. every ten days, I guess, on average. Yeah. 
bi-weekly or what, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. All right. And uh, I watched the anime for Record of Ragnarok. Um, so disappointed in that, man. I think I gave my thoughts about it. I gave it to well, you. It, it, it hurt me so bad because I was I was I was guessing you definitely you definitely was gassing it, bro. And you gotta I stay was, on that hill and you gotta down that no, hill. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm staying I'm staying on that hill, but I'm also hurt <laughs> on this hill because I expected so much for this anime. I was like, oh the manga's fire, they gotta do this shit. <laughs> this and then I was and then I started watching it and I continued hey, watching. I'm like, that damn. This nigga wrong was hey, I'll fuck with it. See, I'm six episodes in. And then then I then after a second rewatch, I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? You know? I'm like, like I yeah, I was I had to watch it again because I'm like, this is not because I I hadn't read the manga in a while, so I was like, so I was like, all right, after reading the manga a little bit, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is not what I expect. It's not what I wanted from this anime. And I'm just like I, Netflix dropped the ball, and I was hurt. That's that's hilarious because like the whole time you was really like yeah, no, really good. Yeah. And I was like, like yeah, I don't know. I think it was good. <laughs> no, was like, hey, I'm two episodes in. Since I ain't gonna like this shit. <laughs> 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 yeah, I was like, nah. Oh, I can tell, bro. Shit. Like they made it way too soft and lighthearted. Just, yeah. Uh, and then, I gave it like three episodes and I dropped it. No, I watched I watched the whole thing and I. I didn't finish it. I gave my take on a different podcast. I can't remember, or maybe it was a different episode of us. I can't remember what I was talking about the song, or maybe it was Anime After Dark. But uh, I watched the entire season. The pacing was god fucking awful. It was some of the worst pace. It, it took like four or five episodes to get through the first fight. Um, that was horrible. The overall concept and the story is so promising and it 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 makes me want to read the manga because there's so much promise and so much depth that could be had uh, with a story like that so <clears throat> i'm 100% yeah 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 i mean i'm i'm guessing so as far as the anime uh i'm not mad at the storybook style i actually don't mind that i think that it works really well for the type of flashbacks that they're doing and i think it works really well for uh, kind of those in-between transitional scenes that the anime has a lot of. Where I wish that that was different, I wish that the animation was more fluid and more uh, actual animation when it came to the fights. Bro. And so since there's so much dialogue and history and explanation that goes into it, I think the storybook style is perfect. I think that whole kind of uh, way of the house, husbando type kind of graphic manga anime uh, stop motion type feel is cool. Like I really don't mind it, but when it comes to the fights, them shits got to be fluid. Like you can't you can't do those in that historic storybook style. That's got to be fluid. They got to actually be throwing the motherfuckers, and the fights got to be epic. Mm -hmm. If you change up the fights, I think the anime is is hundred and fifty percent better. Easy, Bro, easy, because the concept is there, the story is there, the pacing is ass, and the fact that they keep that same style the whole way through is ass to me. Bro, that Adam versus Zeus fight is what really killed me because that fight was supposed to be like straight hands, no stops in between, just straight knuckle, knuckle brawl. And I didn't get that. I got the little snap. Is, is that the one at the clip? Yeah, I was about to say, is that the one that yeah. the yeah. clip that's been going around? Yeah, I they just kept it, bro. That's and that, and when I watched, when I when it got to that, well, actually, matter of fact, I think when I was watching the Thor fight, I was mm. like, Sensei is not gonna fuck with this. <laughs> like I could tell immediately he wasn't gonna. Uh, fuck with I, I would have never. I would have never even put Sensei on this shit. When, That's why after... like, you would you would enjoy the manga, but you would not fuck mm -hmm. with the anime. 
Fair enough. When 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 Thor come back and do that weak ass, you know, when he sling the hammer back behind yeah, him. Yeah. That whole that whole animation, that sequence is so fucked up. I could see that being the point where Sister just like, nope. <laughs> <And> cut, <laughs> cut it off. Cut the whole thing off, like. Because it's Thor, and I feel like yeah, Sensei's feel whole great. exposure to Thor and the way he fucks with Thor, as soon as he pulled that move and that, mm. that obnoxious ass hammer grows, yeah, I hammer. just see Sensei be yeah, like, what the fuck? Exactly. That hammer exactly. was so creepy, man. I will say this, though. I think it's, I think it's like, what, 49 chapters of it thus far? Uh, yeah. So, Sensei, I think if you can make it through to the third fight, which is uh, Jack the Ripper versus Hercules, that mm, shit that flames to me. Flame. Whew. They, you said in the manga? Yeah, in the manga. Okay. Yeah. That's actually that's actually on the show now. Is it on fourth 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 fourth. Fourth. I gotta like that's check it out somewhere. Uh, I think it's on find it on Manganello. Okay. Yeah. I think that's the fourth fight. Yeah, that's 49 chapters thus far, but that but it's actually the fourth fight league. Yeah, yeah, you got uh you got Thor, you got Thor versus uh the strongest man in the world. Then you got uh you got Zeus and Adam. You got nigga. Poseidon versus the Swordsman dude. Which is, I was excited for that fight because I love that Swordsman dude. I love this personality. I won that fight and I'm mad. I didn't even watch it because I was just so mad at the anime. I didn't want to get to it because I'm like, I know they're going to do it terribly. And I was just, I just fell off. I didn't even finish it. But I'm going to get back on the manga though because I just finished the um, Hercules and um, Jack the Ripper fight and that shit was peak. Loved it. Uh, and then for. For me, I haven't been like I said. I haven't been watching anything. I've been reading a couple of things, but predominantly, I've been reading Bleach right now. Uh, anybody that's tuning into Anime After Dark, you know that I made the bet with Mike from Blanime Podcast that if he reads One Piece, I will read Bleach. I am currently 105 chapters into Bleach. Mike wants me to walk back my take that Bleach fans is goofies, but I feel like you know he's still making the case because they never recommended the manga to me. And instead of getting the rage that I didn't like the anime, somebody should just toss the manga to me. I think that the Soul Society arc so far has been gas. I like the pacing of it. I like the build up to these fights. I have some takes about Ichigo and Kenpachi and not Kenpachi, uh, Aizen and some other things that are happening right now. But I'll get into that at a later point on a later episode. I don't want to take too much time. Overall, I'm enjoying the manga read, and I'm—I don't know if I can say I'm sad I didn't do it earlier because I'm not. But uh, yeah, it's good. <laughs> Is it gonna be my favorite out the big three? No. Do I think it's gonna top Naruto or One Piece for me? No. But it is good, and I can't take that shit away. It's not boring to me like the anime was. Uh, and last, before we get into this episode, to the topic, Kuzo, man, what you've been watching? What you've been reading, listening to? Anything. Uh, my Hero week to week. I was reading Jujutsu Kaisen week to week. Um, they on break right now. I've been reading Soul Leveling week to week. Uh, Black Clover week to week. Um, and I started reading, reading uh, Haikyuu from like where the season just that ended like from there forward. Um, I need to pick back up Kingdom because Leak been like uh, I used to read it. Because one of my coworkers read it and I just fell off, and Leak is like been gassing it, so I gotta pick that back up. But uh, I'm kind of like y'all, where I haven't, I haven't watched any anime like that religiously, to be honest. Uh, especially because I thought, like, after the main arc for My Hero was over, I thought the anime was like pretty much wrapping up for the season, and then I'm finding out, oh no, we got the the My Villain shit and the the 
the um the internships. I'm like, oh, all right, so maybe I'll pick that back up. But uh, I'm not really watching any, watching any. All right, I fuck with it. Uh, I guess that wraps up everything that we uh been talking about or been reading, been watching. So I'm going to go ahead and transition into the episode. We're a little bit behind. I wanted to get to this yay or nay section in around 15 minutes. So uh, today's yay or nay, since we're talking about shonen tropes, today's yay or nay is, is familiarity a bad thing? The trope, the, the shonen tropes that make up, you know, the different shonen animes, you start to get used to them. Like, you know what's coming your way. You see certain characters or certain archetypes or certain plot structures and you know like this is probably going to have some elements of this this is probably going to look like this and some people might say that that gets boring real fast uh, other people might say that it helps you understand and appreciate the story and like what the art that's coming your way and so my question to you guys is when you start to be familiar with these different characters and these different tropes uh is that familiarity a bad thing to you uh no but it, it really just depends because I think it's good that you recognize the familiar, familiar shit so that when you see it, you could identify what people do differently to make it better or and or different or and or worse. So I say, man, do you do you feel that way about familiar shit in your life, too? Like outside outside of storytelling? Mm, give me an example. Uh. Like Chicago was familiar. When you walking around Chicago, you see certain types of people. You know when you see a nigga with certain clothes on, or he got a certain look. You kind of know how you move in. You can you can judge people, engage what it is that you want to do because you're familiar with that environment. Whereas you might go to uh, Texas, no shade towards Lee. You might go to Texas and see what you think is something similar, but it means something totally different in Texas, and it like throws you for a loop. Uh, do you appreciate the familiar familiarity of Chicago or um, do you like experiencing new things or have like stuff switch up on you as if you went to Texas? I appreciate the familiarity of Chicago. I think it's, I think it's so familiar that it's like trained me to like adapt to any environment. Mm. I'm going to have to discuss that. I like to change up. I like things to be new and unfamiliar to me a little bit because I like to experience things for the first time, like that excitement that you get when it's like, oh, I didn't expect that. I didn't see that coming. And so also, it's always fun to experience things you never experienced before because then it's like, okay, you learn something new. You understand. You get a better understanding of things. When I'm always expecting something, I'm just kind of born from because I'm not going to – I'm always expecting it. I'm not going to be excited for it. I'm just going to be like, ah. I think that's what it is for me, like with anime right now. It's like because I'm so used to these children, so used to these things. I'm like, I know what's going to happen. That I don't really care to watch anymore. Cause I'm like, eh, I know what's gonna happen. I just stick to the manga where it's always like it's a new new chapter, a new source, new something else coming out. As opposed to anime, I just know these certain tropes are gonna come and I'm like, do I really wanna watch that right now? Unless you're doing like a fresh take and like, you know, put a different spin on it, then I'ma watch it. But if it's just something regular, like you know, no terminal arc or something like that, I'm like, all right, I can, I can skip on that to like maybe later on watch a main fight or something like that and i do that with a lot of like sports um sports things because like i don't normally watch like the preseasons or like the regular game but i tend to watch to wait till like the main event type shit <laughs> but that's just me though i'm not I'm not big on the in between i feel that uh cuzzo leak y'all want to weigh in uh i go hang up so for me i can kind of see it both ways honestly like i don't want to be devil's advocate but 
for the yay part, like familiarity lets you have a measuring stick for everything else. Like if you know what you like and you're familiar with certain aspects or traits of things that you like, you know what you'll like want to expect and what you don't want to expect. So when you encounter something that kind of goes against that, you're going to feel a way about it, whether it be good or bad. But on the flip side, sometimes I feel like familiarity can be, can make you complacent and it also can limit creativity. Like if you're so used to one thing and you're not willing to step outside that box and encounter something different, then like, what are you, like, you can't really have those experiences. Like you kind of limit yourself. But I mean, for some people, some people like complacency. Some people like the same thing. Like they like, they, they like what they like and they don't want to change it. So I don't know. For me personally, I would say it's not a bad thing, but it can be a bad thing if you like become complacent with it. Um, for me, uh, in general, no, I don't think familiarity is bad. The only time I think uh, it makes it takes on a negative connotation, it makes things like kind of poor, are when it sets up your expectations. And I mean, it's in a sense that. Uh, for me, uh, Leak was gassing up Jujutsu Kaisen, and like I was, I was, I was like, I'm gonna read this shit. And so when I got to like the big climax, like I loved it, but like I felt like if I didn't know I was supposed to love it, I would have loved it even more. And so like in that sense, when it familiarity like sets up your expectations for things, it can be poor when it like when like you think it could have been more. Is that a case of you being familiar with it or just having high expectations, though? Well, but isn't that that's I mean, but that's like, like that's like a uh, frame of familiarity for me. I I think like okay, it's like it's like when all right, for example, we talk on the podcast, people feel like they know us now, but they don't really know us. But like if we see us in the street, when they see y'all at DreamCon, they're like yo, what's up, where's Jen? And they feel like they they like Buddy said, we sit at the dinner table talking shit to each other. And with, with our fans, so they feel like they know us in that sense, and so like they have an expectation of us, kind of. And so like, you know, we can make or break that act that um, when we meet them, we can make or break that expectation based upon what expectations they've uh, gotten from us from what they hear of how we sound. So when niggas meet Sensei in person and find out he's just angry and grumpy, it's gonna fuck up their expectations because they've been loud happy upbeat it, it could because it's a thing they say never meet your idols i'm walking so. the dog but fuck both of y'all oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah okay i can i can dig that cuzzle uh i think it's a mix i think it's a mix for me too and i i am a person just the adventurer in me, the person that loves travel, I, I don't want to feel familiar with anything sometimes because it makes me feel complacent. Like Lee said, it makes me feel as if I'm stuck in a rut or in a box and I'm not able to move forward. But also I do appreciate when I can be in a place and I can grow familiar with it because it allows me to put structure down. It allows me to make building blocks. Uh, it allows me to look at what I'm putting together and judge it against other things that I had that I'm already familiar with. So I definitely think that you need a mix of both. Uh, when it comes to Shonen and uh, Shonen style of storytelling, I think the familiarity is a good thing because one, we're talking about uh, a younger demographic here and you want the stories to be 
enjoyable and you want them to be complex and be new, but at the same time, you want them to be stories that the audience can get and, uh, and understand and also relate to. And if it's kind of like that saying where if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Sometimes tropes are like that. Like if I know I can put these specific tropes in here and my audience is going to get it, they're going to identify with it and it's going to be a hit, then I know I can put it in there. In the case, since Kuzo, you brought up Jujutsu Kaisen, uh, where tropes are used, but Jujutsu Kaisen, uh, Gege does a good job of switching things up and kind of giving it a refreshing hit. So yeah, I was familiar with this trope and I had an idea what was going to happen, but he found a way to make it refreshing and make it still kind of new to me. So I kind of got best of both worlds. And those are the stories I think really hit when people put an old spin on new things. So uh, bottom line is, for me, I feel like I want things to be familiar, but I also, I want new things to be happening. Currently, uh, always, you know, pushing and upgrading to what it is that I'm moving towards. Um, moving forward into the Shonen Tropes part, uh, for anyone that doesn't know, I'm gonna go ahead and give y'all the definition to trope. A trope is a storytelling device or convention, a shortcut for describing situations the storyteller can reasonably assume the audience will recognize. So, uh, like I just said, it's a way for the author to put, or mangaka in this case, to put items in the story that the reader is going to get, they're going to understand, they're going to recognize, and you know that you can build your story around it safely and comfortably, but it's still up to you to put that flair on it. Uh, it's a means to tell the story at the end of the day. Um, as we get into this episode, I want to discuss if the tropes are necessary. I think based on our yay and nay answers, we all agree that tropes are necessary. But I do want to discuss if tropes lack imagination or if there are ways to use more imagination. I'm talking about JJK right now, but are other anime and other manga series actually making use of imagination or are they all just starting to sound the same? Uh, so let's go ahead and get into that first. Uh, do you feel like tropes are necessary in the story based on your yay and nay answers and based on everything we just said? And if so, do you feel like they lack imagination when you do come across them in a story? Uh, yeah, I think they're necessary because that familiarity allows people to kind of tell, okay, this character is that guy, this character is going to be kind of like in that vein. And it gives them a sense of order that that can they can use to kind of push the story a little bit quicker sometimes because for manga like the biggest part or as you see in anime rather they're always trying to get to the cool part the good part of the show so sometimes they blow through certain things but if you have that foundation of the trope i think that can help where it doesn't help is when they overuse it and they kind of belabor the same type of things over and over and it's like all right we get it he's the funny guy but like let buddy have a serious moment or let buddy have some tears or whatever. Um, Do y'all have an example of a, of an overused trope? I mean, honestly, in one piece, I, I always hate how like they, uh, like the, they call them like the weak tree or whatever, like Nami, Usopp and, and Chopper, how they're like, just kind of like, Oh, I'm so scared. It's like, all right, cool. Or like you have signs. He's always like, I know I love ladies. I'm like, I maybe cause I'm, I'm mature a little bit, but like, I'm I don't think those that. are tropes though. I think that's a one piece thing. Yeah, that's that's not a but trope. They, but but like but like from the Sanji standpoint, like like his uh how they always have their nose bleed, that's like a, a Japanese anime thing. And the perverted I'm, I'm characters. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's cool, but I feel like uh, maybe just because the content I'm watching, how it's it's mostly shown, and so it's catered towards like younger boys. So that's kind of funny. Um, but like when you see that, it's like cool. But like I I feel like sometimes it's overused. But that might be just the mediums that I'm watching because I'm not watching like a, a wide variety. I brought up an interesting point. It's a fine line between characterization and tropes. Uh, sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. I think reasonably you can look at One Piece and look at the the weak trio, for instance, and one could feel like that is a trope. Like he, we took the trope of these weaker three people, and, or we took these weaker three people, and that's part of the character that they huddle up together and they're here. And they're always scared. They give that that human feel, that human element for a moment. And someone can reasonably look at that and see that as a trope. Uh, do you feel like, since you guys brought up that it's not a trope, do you feel like a trope has to happen in multiple stories or can it exist in one story on its own? I think it has to happen in multiple stories for me. And not only multiple stories, but m multiple stories in and out of that one story's lane. So, you, oh, so like outside of Shonen or just outside of like fighting Shonen? Like both, both. So I'm saying in and outside. So like for One Piece is the example we were using One Piece. For, if for the weakling trio to be considered a trope to me, there have to be a weakling trio in not only the big three, but also short anime, whether it's Shonen or not, uh, mystery anime, shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. a shonen, a, a shonen anime, whether it is a battle shonen or mystery shonen or whatever, however you want to, you know, a shoujo shonen or whatever, however you want to categorize it, um, should have a weakling trio if it's a trope, or should have a, you know, what I'm saying, which a tournament so, arc or some shit like that, like you know, what I'm saying, like. So I think as far as for, for, I'm sorry, real quick for context. So the weak trio is not a trope to you, but the dumbass no. MC that that Lee hates would be a trope. Yes. 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 Okay. Exactly. Like, and I kind of wanted to touch on that because, like, I, like I said earlier, like specifically, I had Sensei in mind when I came up with this topic. So, my question is: He asked if if tropes were necessary, specifically in shonen. I want I want y'all to know, or I want to ask y'all, I guess, do y'all think shonen could be shonen without these tropes? Yes, and. Uh... It's kind of touching on uh, a little bit of what Warren said and a little bit of what GB said. So I think the good thing about tropes and why they're necessary is because at this point, it becomes a lot about how you change that, how you subvert expectations in a positive way, in a weird way, in a crazy way. But as long as you subvert it, I'm sorry, he's pooping in front of this house with construction. Um, as long as you subvert those expectations, it becomes a good thing. So, like, for instance, the rival, right? Let's say this character that is introduced is clearly supposed to be introduced as the main character's rival. If they kill this character one arc into the series, that is subverting my expectations. Because the moment I met this character, I expected for this to be some type of rivalry trope, Right? But it couldn't be be that because this nigga died. You just sub subverted my expectations. So when shonen anime do this, like Hunter Hunter, like One Piece at times, like uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, like shit like that, when when they do that shit, it it bumps this this anime up to another level. 
that a lot of shonen anime don't get the luxury of bumping it up to because they, like Warren said, or like Warren and GB said, get complacent in that shit and overuse the trope. So if you're going to introduce a rival character and let them be a rival character throughout the series, that's bland. You know what I mean? Like, give me something different. Give me some depth to this. Like, you have the opportunity to do that. You're just not doing it. Yeah. Um, I was going to touch on the whole, like, the whole necessity. Why are tropes are necessary? I feel like um, they definitely help to like flesh out certain like aspects of the story that you might not really know about the character. Like you know what you're coming into, but I feel like if they use a trope properly, they will be able to give a better, deeper understanding of that character. Like, there's one trope I definitely hate the most is uh, the fact that most shonen MCs don't have any parents or their parents are just non-existent. But like most anime, like in My Hero Academia, they actually introduce their parents in the in the show. And that has and that, that uses as a way to actually give more depth to the characters, like why they're doing what they're doing and why their expectations are so high or why they want to do something it's called their parents are in the show and they're using that as a motivation to want to do better or they want to do worse or whatever it may be. Like I feel like if they use the trope properly, they can definitely, you know, help to like give me a deeper understanding of why that character is so special or why he thinks the way he thinks and he's not just like I'm just out here because I don't know my parents are I'm just gonna live free and do what I wanna do. Like I think um this like in like I think um no uh like in Jujutsu Kaisen cousin too I was saying like his grandfather even though we were men like in the beginning that was still like his motivation for like one it's like you know be strong because his grandfather can tell him like hey you need to do better and need to do good even though he has short short storyline but then just in the examples you named though both MCs have missing parents and my hero academia. Okay, yeah, Deku's dad his... is nowhere near. But his mom is still there. There's always mm-hmm. at least one missing parent for Shonen yeah. MCs, it seems like. At least one. Yeah. Always. That's another Shonen. I have it written down, like, absentee parents for the MC. Yeah. Like, it seems like you can't escape these tropes in some form or fashion, whether they be somewhat reinvented with a different twist on them. But they're always, it seems like, there's a foundation of at least one or two of these tropes in every Shonen. That's why I asked, like, is it really a shonen if it doesn't have any of these tropes? Like, it's going to have one of them. What they do it and how they spin it is one thing, but they're going to have one, I feel like. Also, I do want to point once again to the audience and how uh, the tropes are kind of set up in a way that helped them with the audience. So uh, when I talked to a friend of mine who's into psychology and uh, she talks about the lack of parents in anime she feels like part of the reason is because if you look at an anime main character and you don't see what the major influences of their life are their major influences is themselves uh so you see all these characters are like i'm just going to keep trying harder i'm gonna work harder they come across a sensei here and there but these are people that they meet by chance and and pull into their lives or these people insert themselves into their lives it's easy for a youth who may not like their home situation or may not like the cars they were dealt per se upon birth to look at that and go, there's still hope for me. And I want to be a part of the story. I want to be the character in this story. One thing that she spoke about with me that when you start adding parents into the story and you start talking about these were their influences as a kid, it makes it so not as many children can identify with it. Cause if they do have problems at home and this kid doesn't have problems at home, then they kind of lose interest in the story. So to Leek's point, is it really shown in without the tropes? I think the tropes help shape shonen and make it marketable to his audience. And the tropes have to be there, in in my opinion. 
And I don't think that it is Shonen without the tropes. I think the the hard part for the mangakas to do is figuring out, like we said earlier, figuring out how to do those tropes in a fresh and, and interesting way. So uh, we use the JJK a lot already. But since I'm reading Bleach right now, I'll say uh, we do the lost parent thing and it's like the parents are missing or we just don't hear about the parents. But I think it's also cool when you have, uh, like in the case of Bleach, uh, the parent is has passed away, but it relates into the story and that fits. Like it, it gives He also has a lost parent, quote unquote. Oh well, I'm not at that part yet. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm speaking but... I'm speaking on what I'm reading right now with moms. Um, I, I felt like I felt like that added more depth to how does I can't get into this shit with Sensei. I feel like it added more depth to uh to Ichigo as a character because then we see the impact that one the mom's death had on him, and then two, we see the impact that he can have with his power and being an influence. Uh, in other people's lives to help prevent them from having to walk the same path that he walked. So I I know that Bleach is an older series, but me reading it right now, I'm like, oh, that's a cool way to do the lost parent trope as I go through it. If that makes sense to y'all, I don't really know. Yeah, no, I get it. I definitely get what you're saying. Uh, um, I think, so I guess maybe I didn't answer Leek's question directly. Uh, like, can we think about can we think about a show a shonen show that has absolutely no shonen trope? No, no, no. None comes to mind. Can we think about a show that if they didn't have a trope, uh, would they still be the same show? If Gon no. knew his knew his parents, do you think he'd still be a better uh, be a different character at all? But the whole show revolves around. Gone being yeah. on a cl- on a quest to find his father, so I think that pretty much derails. I mean, the entire... I mean, I, obviously the 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 plot is about him fighting his dad, but I'm saying like him as a character. Does that change him as a character or any of the decisions that he makes? Yes, because he's it, not going to try and become because his father would be in his life. Yeah, I mean, he might. But I'm he saying must... let's substitute let's substitute that plot for him wanting to do something else. I think Gon's. Let's substitute the find my daddy plot for I I I just want to let's say find anything that isn't my dad. And his dad. So he still goes out. Yes. Does that change any of the the decisions that he makes? Does that make him a different character? We don't we don't know that because Tagashi would have to make that decision if that makes him a different character or not. But from the standpoint of you being the viewer and you're watching this character on the screen, like I just spoke to about uh, my friend saying. How you identify with that character might be different because right now you see some of his decisions being I'm on a quest to find my father and he's a major influence and you see these other senseis. Uh, if his father is in his life, then his his home situation, his upbringing in that sense becomes a part of his character as well. So he may not make different decisions, but how we identify and relate and process the decisions that he makes might feel differently as the viewer. So that, I guess that, I do. That does make sense. And I apologize. My phone was locked. I was trying to quickly do this shit, but couldn't fail. Um, I tried my best to quickly put it on. <laughs> exactly. Bye, Bye, couldn't do it, G. Uh, so I guess my I guess a follow up question to that is. Do you feel do you not feel like there's any show that could be another show had one thing not been there, one or two things not been there? 
Is there not a Shonen show that could have played out like Berserk, for instance, had one one or two things been different? Shonen tropes been been not. I mean, if you consider a Shonen trope that death is, if you consider a Shonen trope to be that death is not final, then I think that completely changes the landscape of like One Piece and uh, Dragon Ball Z and other Shonens that are out there. I do consider that a trope. So if you take that out of multiple anime, you significantly change, especially a One Piece, like you significantly change the way that that anime is viewed and how certain moments and situations go. Uh, and if you, shit, even from Bleach right now, I think this nigga Ichigo should be dead twice. Oh, that's full plot armor. He should be dead twice. This nigga been laid out twice. Like, there's no reason that he should still be even so... And yeah, that is more plot armor than actual trope. But yeah, if you take out the whole like characters don't die, they they just come back kind of trope, that that changes multiple shown anime. So I yes to that question. You know, on that topic, I have another question. Like you know, you know the whole like eternal slugfest trope where it's like you know they're always fighting, then they have a stop in the height of the fight, just have a backstory. Do you feel like if anime didn't do that whole backstory, like you know, it would make the fights more enjoyable? Or did still be the same for you? I don't think every shonen does that. I don't mean either. But yeah, I wish I'm definitely not calling that. Shit, I'm definitely not calling trope. that a trope. I'm not gonna lie. Give me the backstory mm-hmm. before. Or I don't know if after. I even call. I don't even know if I call that a trope. Yeah, I don't. Is I can only think backstory? of One Piece doing that in the middle of a oh, fight. Well, yeah. I mean, Demon Slayer give you the backstory after the niggas dead. Like the following week, you get the backstory. Naruto does do backstories. They don't do backstories in the middle of a fight. I don't, at least I can't think. Give me a Naruto fight where they did a backstory in the middle of the fight. Maybe a full ass backstory. I feel like the whole Toby shit, man. They have flashbacks and moments and they show parallels, but like oh, the backstory. You talking about the Ob- Obito versus Kakashi? Yeah. Maybe we'll just. No. <laughs> that was them. Yeah, that was them like drawing, like. They animated the fight as if it was happening in two different timelines. No, I, but I'm not remembering it right, but I Which, just feel like they just did that hellas with all the flashbacks. I'm just pissed off. I mean, well, I, so maybe, maybe, maybe Rome is speaking on something different. Then, like, you, are you saying like a full ass like stop? We gonna stop fighting to tell you about this person? He's not fighting. This has nothing to do with nothing. It's just us telling a story about this person in the middle of a fight. No, I, I guess what I'm trying to ask is, like, you know, do you feel like the whole backstory trope is necessary for you to, like, you know, for, like, during a fight, is it necessary for you to make the fight more meaningful for you? Like, say, you know, you got to stop, you know, talking about this backstory, why this character's doing what he's doing, and then now we're back and why he's a villain and why he's doing what he's doing. Does it make the yes the fight more enjoyable for you? No, it's necessary. So here's the thing. I, that's, what I, that's what I was saying. I, I only recall One Piece doing that. I don't know another anime that does that. I know, like, all, of course, Shonen anime have backstories. Where they place them is different. Yeah. In my opinion. One Piece absolutely will give you a flashback in the middle of a fight. I don't really think that's a trope because I I can't think of when it happens in that way. Because, like, like I said, Demon Slayer will give you the flashback after the fight, after the funeral, after the the repass, and then you'd be weeks later and they'd be like, oh, yeah, backstory about that demon. So, like, where they do the backstory is different. I don't really think that that's a trope. I just think that's an aesthetic or a style, a structure, if you will. But to your point, Rome, uh, that backstory is absolutely necessary. 
regardless of where it comes because it adds stakes to the fight. So preferably, I would rather have it before so I know why these characters are fighting one another and that would help me understand their motivations. But it does. it is annoying when One Piece does it in the middle of a fight, though. I will say that. Moving forward, since we are talking about... Uh, we're getting specific about different anime with these tropes. Let's do a couple examples. So... Any character examples or story examples or world examples or any examples that I you want to share? I got a character example that I don't like. Uh, well, two. One, Leak already spoke on what the, the dumb MC. I'm kind of over that a little bit. But also, it's also like the, maybe his sidekick, kind of like the Kuwabara, like that character, like the punching bag type character where it's his buddy. He goes on a journey with him, but like, you know, he's always getting joked on him. Like he kind of stands in his own. As Panda would too. say, the delinquent. Yeah, yeah, but something like that, like I'm I'm over that a little bit. Where like there's always a punching bag for like all the jokes. Do so you're over like the comedic relief character, or I don't. I I guess so. Honestly, I I guess that's probably like the most like cut and dry way to say it. Yeah, because sometimes I feel like they just maybe I'm just not at a point in my life where I want that. So I yeah, I'm over that right now. Um, okay. One trope I'm definitely tired of is the whole monster to within trope. Like, you know, like the character finds some hidden power that he never knew he had before. I feel like that just messes up with the whole power scale of the whole anime when he found out that now he's just unbeatable, that he's just as strong as there is. And he's had this whole monster power inside of him this whole time that he never knew he could unlock. But now he's unlocked it at this most inopportune time where he's like, okay, I'm fighting this big bad and I'm about to die and I'm about to lose. I don't know if that would, that would be considered like still plot armor, but I feel like that. It's kind of like a trope in the sense where, like, they always have some, like, hidden power underneath that just helps them to, like, you know, overcome any obstacle. I feel I need to see them work for that. I need to see them train. And I'm tired of them always just using that as, like, okay, this is an easy out. He has some power that we never knew before. Like, the whole Goku with the... With the un- I want to challenge, challenge that, Ron. Okay. I, I, I definitely hear what you're saying, but I want to I wanna ask a question. And it's not just to you, it's to everybody. If... Let's say let's say it did go like that. Let's say it let's say niggas trained to win fights consistently. Would that be entertaining? The training like art? If if you knew the, if you knew no, nah, not the training oh. art, the fight. Okay. So oh, if you okay. knew let's let's say uh one piece, right? Not no, nah, let's let's use Naruto. We talk we talk about one piece a lot. Let's use Naruto. Let's say that uh he was about to fight one of the Akatsuki members, right? We know that the Akatsuki members are strong as shit, but Naruto never encountered them. We just know he's strong because of some other shit, right? Or let's say, let's say one member, they, they finna fight let's, uh, Kisame or some shit, right? Kisame shits on somebody else. Naruto does not fight Kisame, but trains, like has no encounter with Kisame, but trains and then is like, all right, when I'm done training, I'm gonna go fight you. And then when the fight happens, it's not even close because he trained enough to beat his ass. I think I think the caveat in that is it's not even close because he trained so much. Like, so what if they did that same exact thing and he's super trained and he still ends up fighting somebody where they're still like damn near dead even or still a challenging fight? Now if he But then he went, but that's but that's that's what leaves the window for the shit that Rome is talking about. So now it's it's a challenging fight, but I, instead of me losing, I'm I'm finna dig from this power within and beat you. 
a lot of niggas will look at that like that's bullshit or that's plot armor or that's get the fuck out of here. So I think to combat that, to 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 make it so that no one can say that it's plot armor, it had to be a decisive fight. That's why I said like not even close. Like this well, is a decisive fight. When I step into this fight, I'm winning regardless. You could pull, you could go 100 from the start. I'm going to win this fight. I don't think the fight has to be decisive for it not to be plot armor. I'm gonna say that. Uh, what I what I will say is. Um, I think so. We talked about overused tropes and, and tropes that just played out. I do think the way that the power within is portrayed, uh, the whole concept of it's within you and you can do it. Uh, you got to reach deep inside is a cool concept, but the way it's portrayed where you actually have like the figurative monster inside you. And then you're just like, please let me get a crumb of that power so I can go knock this nigga out. I, I don't. Is like that, that what I'm talking about? I believe that's is that what, what you said yeah. about Robert? Yeah, maybe, then, maybe I'm tweaking. Yeah, I thought you was just talking about. I thought you was just talking about. Yeah, random power ups. Period. Whether it comes from so a monster is. or just will will power. Is that not um, the same? Well, I'm I'm gonna speak to both. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna speak to no. Both. Whether <laughs> whether it comes from whether it comes, I'm definitely tired of it if it comes from a creature inside them. I'm which is why uh, reading JJK was refreshing because. They told, they told that line between sometimes I have to use the power within and then other times I have to rely on what I have and I have to choose to build myself up. So I can take a, a L right here that's kind of a W, but it's really an L, but I'm going to rely on myself and my own power. And then at this other time, this is not a situation where I can take that L. I'm going to go ahead and reach within and use the power that's within because it's the best part of the situation. So I enjoy JJK for that reason, because it tows the line on that, uh, to address your question or your statement, sensei, I don't think it matters whether it's coming from a monster or whether it's coming from willpower. I really think it's about the execution of the whole thing. So if the fight has been, um, the example that you use is like, you know, they're in a dead even heat or, you know, they kind of going at it and then the person uses a, a little extra juice to get ahead. I don't think that one bothers me as much as when the MC or the character has been down bad the entire fight. Like you've taken an ass and they shouldn't win this fight. Yeah, you have That's no reason. Have even even if you reach into the power within, you still should not have the skill and ability to win this fight. Those are the fights where I'm truly bothered. Especially the like, first time. So, but, okay, so, so my question is, oh, what's up? I'm sorry. I was I was gonna say. Uh, my question to that is, how do we determine whether or not the power within should be enough, or will power should be enough? Like I just said, I, the 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 stack up the stack up to the story. So there will be some fights where you just getting your ass whooped, and and that's what it is. Like even. The power within shouldn't be able to save you in that case. Um, like I said about Bleach right now, where Ichigo was leagues below these people, and now all of a sudden they've unlocked some power, and now these people are no match for him. That doesn't make sense to me. Like that doesn't add up. That that gap or that jump in power just by you reaching inside this man and unlocking his his inner spiritual pressure, it it, it doesn't comprehend. And so when you look at other fights. And you just like this character has has been getting their ass kicked the whole time. There hasn't been any proper foreshadowing that's telling me that a power up is on the way. And then 
in the very last moment of duress, this person reaches down a side or has a flashback and decides that, oh yeah, I can't, I can't access this magical six shooter that's finna take me to the next level. <laughs> Not the and six shooter. The six shooter, bro, that's finna take me to the next level. And now I'm the goat. Those are the ass pulls that like I think people are tired of. And to the example that you gave, if they're in like a dead heat and they're locked in battle and they're going head to head. I don't think that one's as boring because, like, you can do that in real life. Like, I'm in a dead heat and I'm in my limit, but the game is tied and we got five seconds left. I need to figure it out. I need to reach within. And I don't feel like that's an ass pull as much as I've just been outclassed in every way. And here's my magic ability. And so here's the thing. And I, I think that's the reverse of what Leak was saying it should not be, or what I was saying that Leak countered. I don't think. In most fights, and I'm not trying to say it doesn't happen. It definitely happens. But in most most fights that I think of off the top of my head, blows are exchanged, but this person is stronger, right? Which is why you're at the point where you're at your limit. That doesn't mean you didn't damage this nigga at all. You didn't get washed, but you were just not strong enough to beat this person. So I, willpower makes me strong enough. That's why I think most people call it bullshit. So whether or not it was like you've been getting so like let's use Luffy, right? The Luffy Katakuri fight was a clear example of Luffy getting his ass beat the whole time and willpower along with a whole lot of other shit got him that the nigga W. Not, that nigga should not have won that fight. But if you look at Luffy versus Lucci, you can't say the same. You cannot uh, say about, the same. That I Luffy should have won. Lucci, though. How? No, I that was a that was a very I, I, Fair I think fight, that was a competitive but fight. He was, right, yeah. but he was not strong enough yeah. to beat him. No, I the, the, the reason, the reason right. No, the reason yeah. that Luffy and Lucci is so epic is because that shit was like head to head, and Luffy was at his limit. And he kept pushing, and Lucci was at his limit. Like these dudes was going at it. And then was Lucci at his limit? He used his strongest attack multiple times and was chilling. Yeah. Getting there, getting there. I, I guess I'm gonna say durability limit or willpower limit in that sense. I don't think he had exerted himself physically, like he hadn't put his all into his offensive attacks, but definitely I don't think anyone's ever pushed Lucci to that point. I'm gonna say that, and that's the thing when it comes to fights. Like, yeah, I might be able to dish out a lot of power, but if no one has pushed me defensively to take that amount of hits, your limit might come quicker than what it should be. And so that's what made that fight that epic to me because Luffy gets to that point and him and Lucci are pushing each other. Um, and I think Lucci has that moment where he realizes, like, this nigga Luffy is not going down. And Luffy decides, like, I'm not falling no more. I'm just throwing these bitches. And if I die, I die. If I pass out, I pass out. But I'm not stopping. I'm just throwing these bitches. And that's a moment. In the case of Katakuri, there wasn't that... Full I mean, trade. I could, I could, I could make the, I could make the durability case that you tried to make just now, but what I'm saying well, for Katakuri, well, who? Well, Katakuri, I could make it. I'm not going to because there was a whole lot Bro, more going on in that fight. Yeah, he and he did the damage to himself. Katakuri was out here offing himself, bro. I mean, yeah, but I could still say, yeah, he he wasn't made to last that long in a fight taking blows because once he started taking blows, the fight started changing. You see what I'm saying? But just the, the sheer difference in the blows that Luffy took versus what Katakuri took. And, and also I'm and also I'm going to um I'm going to infer or read in between the lines for Katakuri to be 
at the level that he's at, there's no way that this is the first time that he's taken this amount of damage or been pushed to this point that he went to a Luffy. I'm sure he has taken an ass whooping worse. So you think they was lying about his his record? He that he you, he fell on his black his back plenty of times. No, I'm not saying he fell on his back plenty of times. I'm saying I'm sure people have given him that work before. Like I'm sure he's fought stronger people than Luffy and, and had to deal with more damage than what he took from Luffy. That's why the Luffy thing just don't make sense to me. Like so you don't think Luchi fought nobody stronger than Luffy or as strong as or stronger than Luffy. I, I think I think Luffy did significant damage to Luchi. I'm not seeing how the couple hits and the couple attacks that Luffy landed did enough damage on him as a commander to take him down. It just it just doesn't it doesn't add up. And that's why I put the Luchi fight on a higher level than the Katakuri fight. And I I, I gotta say nay to the whole defense thing. Because as far as like lemons go and what you've taken, I can see Lucci being at a level at that point in time where Luffy is giving him the most amount of or a high level of damage compared to what he's taken in other situations. Whereas Katakuri, I can't see Luffy being in the upper echelon of damage that Katakuri has taken. It just it just doesn't make sense. So I won't give him the power within or the monster within trope for the Lucci shit, but I damn near was calling Cap. When category falls, because it's like it ain't no way, bro. You lucky that I don't, you know. I don't call cap on neither, but I know people that call cap on both, and it's for the same reasons that we discussed. So I'm not, I'm not arguing for myself. I'm arguing for conversation's sake. Well, I don't um, even think that. <laughs> damn, funny said. Take God, take God is a. Take, go ahead. Go ahead. Take God is a is a, uh, and I'm, I hate to name drop, but yeah, what up, nigga? Uh, he's a adamant. Luffy versus Lucci is a ter- is an ass pull fight. Person, he feels as though Luffy was not strong enough to beat Lucci, and if Usopp and the power of friendship didn't exist, that nigga would have lost. Do you? Agree? I disagree with him because I feel the same way you do. I feel like, nah, them niggas was going blow for blow. That nigga just like I ain't gonna fall, and he fought. But of course, when you're talking to a nigga who don't believe in that type of shit or doesn't think that that shit is valid in no way, shape, or form because they prefer to have something more decisive or I won because my ability beats your ability flat out. There is no if ands, or buts about it type of person. Then you're really just yelling at a wall. So I kind of just want to chime in there's a lot has been said, but yeah, go ahead, Lee. My bad. I, uh, I was just, I, again, like I said, I'm I'm not arguing. I wasn't arguing for me, so I don't want y'all to think that these are my takes. I'm just, you know, trying, trying nigga, to pick y'all brain on the shit. It's good to know this nigga Sensei just kicked off a 25 minute conversation, not for himself. That's what's up, nigga. I'm producing a pie. Go ahead, Lee. Some some other unnamed person. But um, like when I was when I when I say I think because I think this topic came up when Ron was talking about the you know the stupid MC like. To me, it's more than just being dumb. It's always they have crazy stamina, and like this, they're this fight fighting geniuses, but they're idiots, right? Like it's all one thing for me. Like I've seen it, you see it a lot. So when and you take that into account for like Luffy, since we're talking about Luffy, it's like a lot of these fights he should have lost, but because he's the MC and he has these crazy stamina and durability, the fight keeps going on. And then he just willpowers his way through. 
And like those type of things, like those type of shonen tropes are the ones that I hate because sometimes they aren't feasible and every now and then they are. So like to me, the fight against Katakura, he absolutely should have lost. He should have never lasted that long. Whereas the, I think uh, GB was saying like the fight against Lucci to me, like when he first encountered him, yeah, he was nowhere near his level. But like the actual final fight, I feel like there was much more trading of a blows, e- trading of blows evenly. Whereas even if Lucci was strong, he's still taking damage. And it's like, to me, that fight, the way it played out, they were both getting beat the hell up the whole time. So like when it came down to the end and it's like a final conflict and I overpower you and I, my friends cheer me on, they give me the will to keep going. That's a difference between, oh, I'm by myself in this mirror world and I just summon the strength to do it. Granted, it's still, you know, power of friendship and we have our own opinions about that, but... I mean, I, it's much more believable and feasible to me to have, no, Luffy, get up. Get it. Like, you know, his friends is, like, willing him on, like, giving him the strength to keep going. And he finally lives, gives that deciding blow. Whereas a lot of times in Shonen, I feel, the MC should lose. Like, yeah, I, feel like I agree. the MCs should get their asses whooped. But because they're the MC, whether you want to call it plot armor. But, or like, it's not oh, even just that, Lee. They should lose for real. Like, because yeah. niggas lose. But like they come back and win. Like I think yeah, niggas like they, should just flat out lose. Yeah, like let's not let's not forget we are talking shonen and part of shonen is that optimistic uh optimistic feel, that vibe. So like niggas losing is not happening like that. By that same token, my thing though, is I feel you can you can you can lose a fight. Yeah, Shonen Shonen can still be shonen if niggas like lost. You're fighting, you're losing, but the battle keeps going on and we win overall. And it's like, I don't understand why, because the way they the way they set it up, it's always it's not just like you're getting beat. It's like it's always you're getting beat up during the fight. You're getting dragged, and somehow the same like throughout this same long fight, well, it seems long to us. You somehow pull it out at the end when it seems like there's no reason why you should win it. I'm not. I'm not saying that it. I'm not saying that it can't. Um, I'm just saying that this is shonen, and that that is how like most shonen writers have chosen the path that they've chosen to take. Um, I do appreciate Oda for at least having Luffy take a couple L's before he comes to actually beat the boss. But in an ideal world, I would like to see Luffy take an L and sit on it a little bit longer. Like after that crocodile out uh, L originally, it'd have been nice to see him sit on that for a little minute and have to strategize some more instead of just. I got it. And being able to I think go, the Kuma L was his best L. Kuma and Kuma Marine Corps. I think Kaido was one of his best L's, honestly. Yeah, Leak but he, so that wasn't a that L. Leak that wasn't was so an L. Getting one shotted is not an L? No, it's an L in the moment, but he's clearly coming back to win in the same arc. That's why I'm saying it's not an L. When, when I okay. refer to the Kuma L, I'm talking about Sabaody. Like, all of my friends are gone and ain't shit I can do about it. I'm with like, that. All these niggas getting wiped and, out and that shit I can do about it. In that sense, uh, Kuma and Marine for yes. Uh, and, I mean, at the time, and it's it's other L's in One Piece, but I wish he would have set on the Crocodile L. And then, if, if that is how you're saying, like, you know he's coming back in that arc to fight him, then the same way, um, 
but I mean, we know he got to come back and fight Kaido or Wano, so it ain't. <laughs> That's why I was saying, like, if he yeah. unless unless Wano ends where Kaido being defeated by somebody that's not Luffy, or if he it ain't ends, take... or to me, but if it, it ends, is... and Luffy needs help, like he's not doing it by himself. I'd that, really appreciate that. It, and but it's if it's like a one v one, I'm I'm like, bro, it's just fucking stupid. And it's also I'm also okay with he got one shotted and went through like proper training arcs and all this other shit. Uh, when I reference Crocodile, it's literally like Mans was like. All right, I'm he should have died. I'm finna, yeah, I'm gonna put this barrel on my back, and now I'm gonna go fuck this nigga up. Like that's the game plan. That to me is is like, yeah, bro, you should have to sit on that L and like really have to think about shit or like reevaluate your whole approach to shit. At least with Kaido, he gets one shot it and he ends up in prison. Like he's working on new techniques. My man eating uh, three square meals a day, get the bulking up. He doing straight prison workouts. He got the strong neck now. Like. I'm seeing some type of growth in between the L and his eventual comeback victory, whether it be one-on-one, which we not wholly advocating for, or whether it be with him leading a team against Kaido. Whichever way that happens, at least something happened in between to help with that whole kind of build up to it uh, is all I'm saying, too. I do want to move on to other tropes, though. I don't want us to get stuck on uh, simple-minded ass-pull heroes. Well, I got a yeah, question, Kazo. Um so this ain't this so the, the the show I'm about to bring up isn't anime technically, but in Invincible, you see Mark get his ass beat all the time. And as fans, I'm a, I'm guilty of this too. I don't feel like we appreciated that they didn't let Mark get that W. So I'm asking the question, what tropes are out there that we don't appreciate enough? Or do you think that we wouldn't appreciate if they weren't happening? So in this case we see Mark, he doesn't get like a real W in season one of the anime. And if you read the comics, Mark gets his ass beat a lot in the comics too. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard for my mans. So like what, what tropes like don't lot. we appreciate? That nigga get his ass beat in... He does get a couple dubs in the, in the comics. Oh, he gets some dubs, but like he gets his ass beat a lot yeah. though. Like Mark's a punchy bag, you know, like... That's a fact. I think I think um, the thing about Invincible is that it's... It's, uh, it's fair. As you move on the comments, you realize Mark ain't the everybody getting their ass beat. Like, ain't nobody safe. And I think yeah. that makes Invincible the comics like that much better. And I feel like once the average person moves past season one, they'll know that too. But right now, the hot topic is Mark ain't got no hands. <laughs> uh, um, one, that's a good question, one, Warren. My bad. Go ahead. GB. One trope, and I don't know if y'all consider this a trope or not, but characters having named attacks. I think if that's you don't like named attacks. No, no, no. He asked if oh. it was missing. Like, it's a show. I think if that, I think that shit. I think that shit adds to what anime is. Like, you hear that That's nigga's name attack for the Shonen first time. Shonen wouldn't be Shonen without it. Exactly. And if that was missing, if that was missing from Shonen, That's I, also on my I, list. I don't think you would notice it as much. But if you knew that it was there and they took it away, Shonen wouldn't be Shonen. And I don't think never, there's any named attacks in in fucking. Wait, no. I think it's one named attack in um, Berserk. There's definitely no named attacks in fucking uh well, not not I know I was Berserk. trying to think. I'm like, I was trying to think of are there named attacks in other genres? There's no named attacks in Kingdom. There's no named attacks in Vinland. But I thought, it's I thought one Kingdom, named attack in, in uh I thought Kingdom in and Berserk. Vinland was too. 
They are. He's still I, at, yeah, they, it's the same. Yeah. Yeah, okay. that's, I was saying. Diff, I was trying to say if they see if they were any in different genre. And and I and I think like other genres probably they touch on it just for the simple fact like it kind of gives that that childhood that childish kind of like funny vibe to a character when they have a name attack. Like, what the fuck is that, bro? We grown. Uh, I like that. Y'all wouldn't name attacks if y'all if y'all had superpowers. Y'all wouldn't name an attack, bro. I'm I'm a hundred percent naming attacks. But imagine in real life, like you a villain or you a superhero, and you pull up with your name attack, and you think the nigga you facing off with is not gonna be looking at you like, are you serious, bro? He's punching the shit out of you, right? Super (laughs) fireball of doom. You just spill it off me, my nigga. Hey, real (laughs) shit, man. I'm gonna have a name attack, but there's a part of this like, yo, I'm absolutely having a name attack. But party yeah. gotta be like, yo, this but shit. But I know niggas stupid, gonna be looking at me it. like I'm dumb. Yeah, yeah they, they definitely gonna look at you like you dumb, especially if your name attack come with a super cool pose and some other like fighting shit you gotta do before you do the name attack. Niggas gonna be looking like, what type of weird Power Rangers shit is this that this nigga think he doing? Honestly, bro, like with e- with some of the, some of the powers, the way that some some of the power systems in Sony are, they wouldn't even work without names, like. Like, can you imagine men with no talking? I mean, yeah, I would Dragon Ball Z without Dragon Ball Z without name attacks, <laughs> everything looks the same, bro. Oh, yeah, Dragon Ball Z Dragon until Ball the Z end of the know. fight. Until the end of in the end of the fight. What you mean? Actually, it's in the middle of the fight. What you mean? They have named attacks. No, no I'm saying if Dragon Ball Z attacks. didn't have if it didn't have named attacks, everything would just look the same. Like, there's not much variety. And they attacks. They all like oh, key Besides the yeah. color, so you like would, you would just think they're throwing beams at each other, honestly. Yeah, like oh, that nigga just shot a blue beam. That's the stronger beam. <laughs> right, a yellow beam. Oh, it pierced him. Yeah, nice. Yellow beam. With, the fin- yellow the beam. With, yeah. Look at yellow that subconsciously. Definitely subconsciously naming them shits. Exactly. So, <laughs> Dragon Ball Z without without the names is just it's not the same and. I, I, I can't see Shonen without a named attack. Another one that I feel like is a part of Shonen, but I don't really. It's tournaments. The tournament yeah, arc trope. Yeah, bro. I have, I have a love hate. I have a love. I'm not sick of it like you, but I do have a love hate relationship. I hate when they're done poorly, but I do like good tournaments. I like the exposure. Yeah, I like it when it's good, but like my expectations for them are not high anymore like i have yeah, like I they have to surprise me at this point link do you even fuck with tournaments i don't Force. even know if i know your input about tournament arcs i i like tournaments i just don't like when they're basic i don't like when they just like simple all right we're gonna make a bracket and you know we're gonna fight or we're gonna go against your team like so let me ask be... let me ask this go ahead Lee. so like jjk Tuning exams, like stuff like mm, that. I, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get into that too. It goes off when shit goes off cue, and it subverts expectations. That's I love tournaments like that. Like I love when it's not just like a one versus one or a team versus team. I think mm. the freaking um shit. What the fuck? Rome's favorite fucking tournament. Uh, the, um, <laughs> tournament of power. power. I feel like that had <laughs> ridiculous potential, and it's completely got <laughs> written poorly. And I have I, like. I was upset at how badly that was done, but I feel like that had a bunch of potential because it was like it was damn near big ass fucking um, free for all, low key, but yeah. with teams. So real quick, 
because you brought up Rome. Uh, Rome had to dip and go to work, but we're gonna take this time and we're gonna transition into this uh, this week's worst generation hotline call with Master D with Rome, and then we're gonna come back after this little break. Mission Hotline. This is Master D speaking. How may I help you? Hello, my name is Nina, Nina Tucker, and I have an emergency. Okay, how you doing, Nina? What kind of emergency do you have today for us? It's Alexander. He won't wake up. Alexander? He's been sleeping for a couple hours. And who is Alexander? My, it's my dog. He's okay. my best friend. Okay, okay. And what, mm-hmm. do you know why he's been sleeping so long? Mm-hmm. No, not really. Hmm. So do you need me to transfer it over to a, a veterinarian? Is that what you need? Is everything okay in your household? Well, my dad's really always working. Okay. So he keeps me company. Okay, okay, that's good. Your dogs are a woman and man's best friend, so I expect that. Did you know Snapchat has a filter where you can see what you look like as a dog? My dad showed me. I'm familiar with it. I'm very familiar. What else has been showing you? Nina, what are you doing in there? What, what are you doing in there? Oh, is that your father, I presume? Uh-huh. What's going on, Nina? What's going on? Who are you on the phone with? Uh-uh. <laughs> um, I'm talking to uh, Master D. He's, he's, a, he's a vet, and Alexander isn't feeling good. Oh, why, why didn't you tell me? I could have uh, took care of him. We could have took him down to the basement and taken care of him. You want me to come with come That with sounds very sketchy. Who's this? Hello, I, I assume this is Show Tucker? Yes, my name is Show Tucker, and uh, my daughter is okay. saying that our dog isn't doing very well, so I'm going to take her down to the basement. And uh, um, op- What do you do in this basement? Did you say operate? Yeah, we're gonna operate on my dog. Apparently, he's not feeling good, so I'm gonna. Are, make you, him are you feel better. are you licensed to do that? I think things will be all right. Yeah, I, I know what I'm doing. Can I just speak to Nina? It sounds like she's been in a bit of distress. Is everything okay in the household? Every, everything, everything's fine. She's been a little distressed since her mom left. Her mom uh, went away, but everything is fine now. It's it's good. Actually, uh, how are you, sir? Uh, you should you should come to the house. I uh, I have a herd of sheep. And um, mm. yeah, you can help me herd some of these sheep, and maybe um, you guys you can come become one with the sheep if you would like to. No, I'm okay. I'm not looking to become one with sheep, but you do seem very uncertain about what you're gonna do right now. And uh, to be honest, you sound a bit sketchy, and I'm not too sure about your intentions with your dog. Sounds very um, unusual. So I'm gonna what I'm gonna do now. I'm gonna send someone over to the household, you know, just to do a regular check-in to make sure everything's okay. No worries, no worries. By the time they get here, the dog will be running around, um, brand new, good as new, almost human, if you will. I think with Nina just to verify that she's okay. Sure, have fun. Yeah, go ahead. Hello, hi, hi, hi Nina. So I'm gonna have some come over to the household, do a routine checkup, and make sure everything's okay. All right. I want you to stay away from that basement if you can. Just uh, and um, I'm worried about you. Okay. 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 All right. So um, give me a call back if anything happens. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. Have a good day, Nina. You.
And we back. Um, Leak. Yeah. Some, or all of y'all, I, I definitely wanted to touch on this because I forgot what point we was talking. I was walking the dog at the time. Um, do y'all think that it's a possibility or that it's a thing that something same way we think a trope is used so much that it blows us? Is it possible for expectations to be subverted so much that we expect it to not like? That not subverting expectations becomes the expectation, becomes the subversion of, of expectations. If that makes sense. So let's say, how many, is it possible for tropes to be done so well that we start to always expect them to be done well, and then when they done bad, it sucks more? No. So I feel like you said the opposite. Point, like, if you don't have expectations, do you think that sometimes that means we think they subverted expectations? Yes. But so my example is like, at what point does like you said, because I, I agree with you, JJK, uh, um, tuning exams, those are two, two examples of tournament arcs that subverted expectations and did something way different than what we expected. But those are two tournament arcs that did similar things in that, in that, what I just said, in that and of itself. So if there's five more tournament arcs in the next five years that do the same thing, at what point is it possible for us to then expect for a tournament arc to do that, and when they don't, what are our thoughts on it? I think the standard is constantly changing, and I think a trope can exist, but that doesn't necessarily make it a good trope or a trope that we want until someone kills that shit. So, uh, for instance, and not saying this is true, Shonen, since we're talking about tournament arcs anyway, Shonen could have always put a tournament arc in there, and we could have not liked any tournament arcs that came before the tuning exams. And then Naruto does the tune exams, and that tournament arc is done the way that everybody's like, I love this shit. It blows us all out, all out the water. That becomes the standard for the tournament arc. And so going forward, like we said earlier, having those expectations and tropes also being the building blocks and a way to standardize the story so that people can be familiar with what they're accepting. We're walking into new stories with tournament arcs, and we're expecting something of that same level, of that same depth, and um, that same excitement that we got from the tuned exams. If you get that constantly, then that starts to become sort of like the similar, uh, sort of like the situation you have right now, Sensei. It becomes that whole, um, these shits is overdone, I'm tired of it, it's used up, until someone comes along and sets the new standard for Shonen Arcs, does it in a way that we've never seen before. So I think you have two things that are constantly happen happening with tropes. You have someone that's coming along and changing the way that trope exist and how it's viewed and then you have people that are doing that trope well and i'll even add a third and you have people that do tropes poorly and normally stories that include the tropes they fall somewhere after three like someone's going to change the game for this trope someone's doing it well and I, I ain't mad at it but also you didn't you know break any eggs or crack any glass to get here and then you just got people that suck at it. And it's like, bro, this is the worst tournament arc I've read in my life. <laughs> but everything can't be the worst just because it's the it's, same. Uh, that's why I was saying. Geez. It's all about evolving. Like, there's going to be a standard. There's going to be somebody doing something that sets the standard. People are going to copy it, pattern it. And then somebody's going to evolve what's going on. And that's going to become the new baseline. Like, if it's not at least doing this or something like this, then it's basic. So, like, if you look back to a dark tournament, a lot of people say, oh, it's a GOAT tournament. And honestly, it's honestly it's just one of the first ones. Like, it's if not, I'm being honest it's, with you, it's, bro, 
the first two Dragon Ball tournaments are better than the Dark Tournament. And the Dark Tournament came after them. That's what I, so, I agree. So what I think that I agree with you, but what I think that the Dark Tournament does well um is it brings in multiple likable characters and it it does a good job of how do I want to say this? It does a good job at making Yusuke's character shine even more than he had in the story before. And I think that's why the Dark Tournament is so well. What I think that the Dragon Ball tournaments do well is that those individual characters get shine and you end up falling in love with multiple characters in the series. But I you be hard pressed to fall in love with multiple characters from the from the Dark Tournament, like more than the ones you already loved. You probably already fucked with the main team that's there, and maybe you like one other character after that, maybe two. But with Dragon Ball, they do it well in a different way. So the reason I think a lot of people love Dark Tournament is because it makes Yusuke shine, which by definition makes that series shine more. Not per se like it's the best tournament that was ever written, but it works really well in that story. Oh, y'all sound like Gong, the the Hunter Hunter Gong's the best MC. Nice. Tagashi, does, Tagashi does a good ass job writing <laughs> shit for his stories, bro. Uh, I don't know. I think people like Dark Tournament because they like the characters and they like the big bad at the end. But I think all that shit kind of mid. But um, what was I saying? So like that kind of set a I wouldn't say a set of presents, but that became like kind of a baseline, right? And so after that, you start getting you know regular tournaments, and then tuning exam comes along, right? Subversion mm-hmm. expectations. There's multiple stages to it. It's not just you fighting the first stage. It's a written exam. Oh shit! Like what the fuck? This is a part of a an exam. Like oh okay, force the death was fire, and then you I get to the actual. Then oh we well we got to add another round. You get one on one battles. Then you get the final, the final fight, and it gets interrupted by the leaf the village in attack. So they're like it's, mm-hmm. it literally set a new standard. We never even right? got to the final round. Dude. Exactly. Like the tournament <laughs> didn't even finish. Right. Like, so, like it was still multiple fights was gonna have to happen. Part of that kind of blew me. After tuning exam, you get other shit like the UA Sports Festival. Sports Festival was fire. Why did? It, but it was it still basic. You. Well, uh, well, actually, now that I think about it, there's also multiple parts to it. It's not just us running ones. Like the whole cavalry battle was dope. I like that concept. Yeah. The race and was I like dope. It ended. And like how it ended, it handed it epic ass fights, right? So well, not even just that. It just didn't end how I. It didn't end. I ended that. Excuse me. The person didn't thought how, was win. Exactly, didn't win. Which right? If it's a normal turn, I mean, normal in the sense of they. Basically. It's not the tuning exam, right? It's not the tuning exam way of doing it. That's one way for you to subvert expectations, which is why, in terms of like normal exams, I hold sports festival high, like because because of that. Like, no, they didn't break the game and start doing some whole other shit in the middle of this tournament, but they did do something that I didn't expect and something that was new and fresh that was dope. The rest Agreed. of their tournament arcs, I can't say the same for. Cuzzo, I heard <laughs> yeah. you uh, I heard you come in early. You were going to say something about Fire Force's tournament arc? Yeah, it blew you or something? Yeah. No, no. Uh, when Leak was talking about how in the tuning exams, they didn't actually finish the tournament, like, I wanted to I wanted to see all the fights. I'm like, all these fights I missed out. I was like, as a kid, I was hyped for those fights, and I didn't get that. With Fire Force, I remember uh, the point was, uh, Sensei was talking about how 
tournaments, he was kind of tired of them. I remember when Fire Force came out, he's like, bro, this is the most shoniest shonen out there because they had like all the trophies in like the first half of the first season. And he was like just kind of over it a little bit. Yeah, I was. That shit was wild to me. Like It just got to be fresh, bro. Like when they throw all the tropes at you early on, it's just very disheartening. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of like that that sensory overload. They slap too, like you said. They throw Perfect. it all at you too Perfect. early, and it's like, well, you, you gave me everything. There's nothing else that you can really give me for the rest of the series. Like, what else you finna get into? So, um, I don't know if you if you attribute that to bad pacing, but uh, one of the things that I think is a shonen trope, and I we don't. I'm trying to think. I can't think of any like newer shonens where it's just uh where it's just prevalent, but the whole the girl pining for the guy, the one side crush trope and the rival trope. The the rival trope? Mm -hmm. That's that's not what you're saying. I'll just add one. Oh yeah, the rival trope is one too. Uh the one sided crush, we don't and I'm happy because what comes from the one sided crush is very weak uh women characters. Like extremely weak women characters, forgettable women characters, and I hate that that they become like this. This character is only living for the love of the MC or whoever it is that they crush on. Usually the MC, and that's problematic and shonen because like they fall to the background and you never get any good examples of like strong. And not to say like only independent women are strong, but like strong, independent. But women characters that are driven by what they want and their own aspirations and not just, I need to be strong enough so I can stand next to this MC nigga or get this MC nigga to notice me. So I'm happy that One Sided Crushes is kind of taking a backseat in the current scheme of things because you have characters like uh, Maki from Fire Force. Uh, shit, both the Makis. <laughs> Maki own that shit. <laughs> uh, you got Maki from JJK. You got Maki from... Fire Force. Uh, I would even say Tamaki to an extent. Because, like, Tamaki gets a lot of hate for having, like, her her uh, her lucky lechery trope and, and the fan service that comes with it as a trope. But Tamaki is a very... I won't say very, but she's a well-written character. Like, she's a stronger woman character. So I even give Tamaki some credit for that. I do think that her lucky lechery shows up at the wrong moments in the manga and especially the anime and it kind of undermines her character at times but outside of that i think she's a very strong character and so i'm happy that one side of crushes is not as popping these days you tired of the rival trope though sister not as bad as the tournament art but it's kind of getting up like i'm ready to see them do something different with the whole rival thing um kind of like i said like you introduce this rival that I'm clearly supposed to think is going to be your, you know, neck and neck guy to the end. And then it ends up not being that very soon. Like, something like that. You know what I mean? Like, my hero early on kind of, like, was playing the game with two rivals. Like, you didn't really know which one you was going to get, but you knew it was going to be one of them. And now there's a clear, you know, viewing of which one that is. And it's like, nah. <laughs> hey, Sensei. What up, dude? Do you think that writing tournaments is lazy writing? Woo! 
I mean, yes and no. Like if it like like we saying, bro. If this us putting up at this point, at this point, like in 2021, if you're just making an arc where your protagonist, his friends join this tournament with some other random motherfuckers we don't know. Y'all shoot 1v1s until there is a one final winner and that's it. Yes, that's absolutely lazy. But if you doing more, if you doing more than that, like 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 we said, if you having some interesting type of like an interesting type of structure to the tournament where it's not just us running ones, it's team based and we got to do a dodgeball game or something. You know what I'm saying? Like something like that and each st- stage is to it and it doesn't end how like you know what I'm it doesn't it either doesn't end how I thought it was going to end or it don't end at all because the bigger pe- the bigger part of the story of the world interrupts that shit because fuck it and I'm gonna call I'm gonna call partial cap on sensei cuz I don't I don't believe that tournament has to have something different from 1v1s to be well written as a tournament I think that if you have well-written characters and you have plot and storylines that have like built upon each other and, and the drama is there and the tension is there, I think you can have a tournament 1v1s, especially if you're doing things in that tournament, a la My Hero uh, Academia, where like characters are winning fights that you didn't expect to win. Like You can still have twists and turns in that 1v1 tournament and make it so that what is perceived as a very simple tournament um, the details are all there, and it makes sense, and the tournament is still entertaining. So I think that tournament arcs are not lazy writing. I think that a lot of times lazy writers uh, or when writers feel lazy, they'll insert a tournament arc or insert a training montage or insert a flashback that you actually gave us in Chapter 5, but, like, I'm going to give you this flashback again. Extended version, my nigga. <laughs> um, I do got a... Rapid fires too, by the way. So, yeah. So the last two tropes I want to mention before we get out of here, uh, the the undeniable power of the blade trope, where you got the badass swordsman that can chop lasers, chop bullets, chop tanks in half. Um, that is a trope that I like in anime. It's very badass. It's clean. It's I love swordsman. And yeah, my favorite character in anime. Yeah, I was gonna say I love swordsman. You can't not like a swordsman. You can't never be mad at that, especially when it's the swordsman up against modern technology or modern weapons, and they just absolutely own that shit. And I do want to present the trope of the beach day or the festival day that exists on All Shonen. And I kind of want to end the conversation on that one, hearing about you guys' take on beach day and festival days, because I, I feel like... What's that? Uh, uh, like... My Hero Academia has the festival arc where they they all get together and they do like the extra event, or you have who else? Who else got that shit, bro? All anime be doing like random beach days. Really? Yeah, they go to like Hokkaido and yeah, shit. Yeah, and they they take a beach trip and they all get in their swimsuits and hang out. Like, can you name cool. some other than My Hero? For <laughs> me, please. No, I'm um, being serious. I'm not even trolling right now. Black Clover has it. Where did they go? Before they go, um, that was like the, the first beach arc, day. right? Yeah. Oh damn, yeah. they did do that. Okay. Initial D has it. Uh, okay, I never saw that. Fire Fire Force does like a fake pool beach thing type thing. Uh, who else? 
Dragon Ball Z do that shit. You got Goku and Piccolo and all them getting together. Ain't that filler go. though? But Dragon Ball I mean, Z. Uh, I don't know if it's filler or not. Okay. Even if it is, it's still a shonen thing. Like, I, I all the series be having like these random beach days, or they go do like the the nighttime festival. Uh, you know, I mean, I like the way Food Food Wars does. Yeah, I'm about it, to say that one because they actually participate in the in the festival. Like, I love that Food Wars did it that way. Instead of them like going to a festival and trying foods, they also they did like a festival tournament battle arc, and that that shit was fire to me. I loved how Food Wars did that. Um, but I wanted to get y'all takes on how y'all feel about when um, when they do like festivals or beach days or anything like that. Uh, and and you don't see it as often in Battle Shonen. You just catch it for other. Yeah, anime. I was about to say it's probably but, some newer shit because I hardly see that shit. Oh, assassination. Yeah, Classroom but when they do do it. that, exactly. But uh, uh, since like, you don't fuck with the festival, like slice of life, kind of like change your routine moments do you not at all Lee, how you I generally I skip that shit yeah I was like <laughs> get the fuck out of here uh, it's what definitely like a more of a slice of life thing but like to me it's kind of like I get it cause it's more like that I guess that's like a cultural thing to Japan kind of even a cultural thing to the US you could say cause like you know, we always have spring break trips where well niggas go to the beach on spring break so it's kind of just like when you're that age Cause like Japan, to my knowledge, they have like kind of like all around school year, so like, they have like a gap in between when you transition from one grade to the next, and like that's like when they would go to their beach time because that's their summer vacation for like you know two or three weeks or whatever. So like yeah. it just kind of fits into that vein. I don't mind it as much, but like when they do it, and I'm trying to get back to the action, it's very frustrating. It can be, uh, and also for like references, they stretch also- out too much. Naruto does the uh the hot spring episode, which is like a beach type break but from it. Ain't that filler? No, that's what I'm saying. If it's filler, I'm really skipping it because I don't really consider it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like a oh, part of the story, but like I, it def- definitely with the the my hero shit that was actually canon, which is whack as fuck. Which I vehemently expressed how whack that shit is. Uh, uh, Black Clover definitely did it. Uh, Black Club of Belabors it too. Not gonna lie, they do what? They do what? They belabor the uh, beach day, like before the fight. Like, oh yeah, no, they beach day definitely was right before a big ass fight, and it's like it was a little bit long, and I was like, bro, I get it, but let's get to the fight, bro. Let's get to the action, the good stuff. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um. So I guess that's it for the conversation. That was the last. This was a great talk. League was spitting. GB was spitting. Rome was spitting. I was spitting. Rome was spitting. Look, niggas was spitting. Rome had to dip and go to work though. Uh, let's he get these rapid fires off, sister. Oh, righty then, Beckford. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. <laughs> I sound like one more. You did. He drink some water. <laughs> me 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 me. The best. You ready, dog? Let's get it. All right. What's a better anime so far? Or what's a better anime? Bleach so far or Demon Slayer Season 1? Uh, I'm going to give Demon Slayer Season 1. I didn't fuck with the Bleach anime. Or manga. Where you are in the manga of Bleach, uh, Demon Slayer Season 1. It didn't matter. I oh, just like, used the word. I like, I, like Bleach, I like Bleach better. Um, For reference to anyone that's listening, if I haven't mentioned already, I'm in Soul Society arc. I've just come to the point where... uh. 
Chad runs into this cheesy flower petal folks. He got the flower petals <laughs> ranging from the balcony. Uh, but so the Soul Society arc has been gas up to this point. Uh, the pacing is beautiful. I'm liking the characters and the and the other Shinigami they introducing. Uh, I have a couple grievances, but nothing major. That's taken away from the art. True. Uh, better MC Ichigo or Tanjiro? Uh, Ichigo. Ichigo or Deku? Deku. Uh, who wins in a fight, Ichigo or Hiei? Where you are right now? Where I am right now, uh, yeah. I gotta say Hiei because I've seen Hiei do more damage. Like he was doing crazy shit in Demon World. Yeah, and okay. I ain't really seen Ich Ichigo do shit yet. That's facts. Uh, Zoro post Wano versus Fujitora. Who you got? Post Wano? Oh, I'm estimating where he finna be. Yeah, I'm still taking Fujitora. Cap. Uh, Fujitora Fuji versus Mihawk. <laughs> Y'all not taking y'all still not taking why niggas be hating on Post Wano, like you that, bucket, bro. bro. <laughs> Yo, You're you bugging, bro. Yeah, so you mean to tell you think Fujitora you think Fujitora would be in the same situation that Zoro is right now? Uh if he do you think Fujitora could fight Kaido one on one? Two Yonko. No, 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 no. Not win. Two not win. Yonko. I'm not I'm not talking about two Yonko. He definitely he definitely blocked an attack from two Yonko, and I'm not taking that shit away from Zoro. I'm just asking if you put Fujitora up against one Yako one on one. Do you think he can fight? Not even fight? necessarily yes. win. Fight have yes. a, have a, and have a chance at winning. Yes. Fight. Are you yes. saying the same? Are you saying the same for Zoro? Yes. We just watched it. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? We watched that nigga block an attack. We also watched no, him combine attack, G. multiple attacks. We also watched him make Kaido dodge multiple attacks because it was going to be deadly, nigga. Mm, I'm not even sure. We're not even sure Zoro can do major damage to Kaido yet. I'm not even sure that Zoro has unlocked that ability. For Kaido sure, ain't sure. want that smoke, Kuzo. He was so, not trying to be <laughs> Kaido just got a permanent scar from this nigga, G. After, after using a combined attack against him. This is a weakened Zoro, by the way, with broken right, bones. A weakened Zoro, 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 broken bones. Zoro's always weakened, bro. No, and I'm still taking. <laughs> and I'm still, I'm still taking Fujitora over Zoro, and I'm taking Mihawk over Fujitora. Next question. <laughs> well, that's Cap, brother. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. If you had to choose to be born and raised as a Marine under a Kainu, or born and raised as a a military police officer. Under the False King freaks, which would you choose? Definitely choose a Marine under a Kainu. That nigga finna have the Marines busting. I'm finna have all the uh, all the perks that come with that shit, G. Shit, you move up high enough, you might get a top tier devil fruit. Hell yeah. <laughs> there you go. I mean, yeah, shit. Just it's, either that or get by, it's either that or get killed by Levi. Yeah, yeah, freaks are how you out here getting all types of bullshit done to you for the for the advancement of the people. No, I'm doing marine <laughs> with a kind of easy every day, bro. The perks that come with that shit, and even if you don't go the marine like full marine route, and you just be on some uh, um, what's uh, what's Kobe homie? <laughs> uh, Del Meppo. Even though you, even if you on some original Del Meppo shit, G, you just out here like I'm a Kainu son. Y'all niggas better recognize. Funny as hell. Like, <laughs> that's, that's still a good life, G. <laughs> I doubt that the Kainu will let you live that life, but that's still a good life, G. Uh, next one. If you had to be a new member of the Phantom Trope, funny as hell. Uh, the day yeah. they battle the Akat the Akatsuki. Or a new rogue Akatsuki ninja the day they battle the Phantom Troop? 
Which side would you choose? If I had to be a new member of the Phantom Troop the day they battled the Akatsuki, or a rogue, a rogue Akatsuki ninja, ninja? A new rogue Akatsuki, uh, rogue Akatsuki ninja. You just left your village, and they was like, hey, we finna fight these niggas. Pull up. Which one would you choose? So here's my thing. Phantom Trope overall is cooler to me. Like, I just like them niggas. I like they style and, like, the group as a whole. But Akoski is overpowering them on some real shit. So Be you got to go as the rogue ninja. And with Akoski, you kind of got the whole, like, I can kind of dip. Because they together, but they ain't together. So you safe both ways. Whether they okay. win or lose, you, you still can protect your own interests. Fair enough. And then the last question. You know, it's the weird one. Ready? Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> would you rather? Go. Would you rather go down on the ant queen while she's housing Merwin, or give oh Big Mom her final child after one of? <laughs> Yo, what's wrong with you, bro? <laughs> Boy, yeah, oh, so did you hit the last one? Did you hit the last one? <laughs> I. How, okay. First, how do you even go down on an ant queen, bro? Like, what? <laughs> Okay, no, let me ask you, do I have to give because I'm not sure I could keep that shit up with Big Mom. Do I have to give Big Mom the child? Like, is yes. there is there a absolutely okay? Well, I'm gonna attempt Big Mom. I'm just not sure I can keep like, the only answer. That's a huge that's bitch. The only answer. But she was looking back in the day, bro. Just you just kind of put a picture in the wall or something. To look what back in the good times, nah, bro. Nah, bro. bro you, you, you know, you know what you were sad, bro. Exactly. You know what you were sad, bro. And with hey, big mom hands and legs around you, exactly, Lee, bro. Bro, I'm finna look so dumb, and I'm an aerodynamic nigga, so you know I'm finna <laughs> get all ill proportion up inside big mom, bro. She gonna make uh, up in it. Up with that bitch, dog. That's a fact, you know, boy. She gonna put a hefty over my head and just put me in there, basically. Duh. Basically, oh, shit, I don't know. I don't know that. I, I don't know that I'd be able to keep my shit up and bring myself to climb that tree <laughs> to get to tomorrow, bro. So if you don't get, if you don't give it a baby, you just gotta die. So you just choosing I, death. I guess I'm choosing, bro. If you eat the ant queen, if you eat the ant queen out, how do you live the rest of your life with that trauma, G? I don't know, bro. You ain't gotta die. You just did it, bro. Did do. You walking down the street, you see random nah, angles. You instantly triggered, Joe. Like you having flashbacks. You gotta die, bro. No, nah, bro. Could you imagine what the ant queen would look like in real life? Have you ever seen an ant <laughs> And imagine a full size, cool, bro. Human size ant queen that's pregnant with a marrow inside her. You know how big she finna be. She was big you... as hell. <laughs> And then could you imagine what that shit feel like? All the little hairs is poking off of it that you can't really see. Relax, definitely, relax. definitely oh, the bristles. Relax. Definitely the bristles. The bristles. You put your face in it, that shit poking you. Nah, That's bro, a fact. Gonna... You also hearing him, you also hearing him talking shit because he was talking at that point. Shoot up big mom club. He like, bro, yeah, do that. Me. She like that. She make it. And Meryl can talk, but she really couldn't. She was telepathic, so she making little ounce and sounds and shit like. Yeah, that's a fact. Yo, relax, bro. I'm got the heebie-jeebies, man. Come on. me. Hell no. That's it. That's all I got, man. How you like them? Y'all niggas really. Y'all niggas. 
Niggas really upgrading Zoro this far, and we man, bro, he's absolutely well, okay. Here, beating. Fuji Tora is one of the lower end admirals right now, bro. Come on now, I I get that, I get that, but I haven't seen all of Fuji Tora. I hate ranking niggas when you we've put them on a level to be like an admiral and shit, and I have to give that some credit. So I don't think that Fuji Tora can beat like a Kaido or a Big Mom, and I definitely think that Zoro would give that nigga Fuji Tora a huge run for his money. But am I saying that Zoro's gonna gonna beat? I haven't even seen everything from Fuji Tora, and I I don't feel like at this point. That Zoro's beating them hands down. I think that it's like a Luchi Luffy situation. Do you have yeah. Zoro winning in any capacity? Hell yeah, Zoro Zoro could win. I'm just I'm not guaranteeing he finna win. Like I don't trust that shit yet. I haven't Fair seen enough. like to be like Zoro is just over this nigga hands down. So if you ask me, I'm still leaning on the fact that this nigga's an admiral, and I know that's not the best thing to do in One Piece, but like I'm gonna do it anyway. I'm going to lean on the fact that this nigga's an admiral and I got to get that shit some respect and just say that he's got to be at a certain level of strength. And until I see that he can't uphold the admiral level of strength like a Kizaru or an Akainu, I'm not going to take that shit away from him. All right, bro. This definitely yeah, post-Wano Zoro be. <laughs> Do you think, you think post-Wano Zoro can beat Kizaru? No, but I hold Kizaru, Kizaru is like several steps ahead of Fujitora for me. I have Kizaru, Akainu, and Aokiji winning sometimes against a Yonko 1v1. But that's me. I if, think those niggas are much stronger than Fujitora and Rengoku. And what have you seen from... Uh, from Fujitora to make you just know that he's that much weaker than them. I seen him fight Luffy. When Luffy well, he was coming really like, uh, <laughs> that that <laughs> I'm coming left. <laughs> <laughs> Neither was Luffy. He's like, Luffy I want to be able to envision my blow. I also see him fight Sabo. I also see him fight Sabo, and I don't think Sabo, at least at Dress Rosa. Was beating a Kainu or none of them, or even competing at that level with them, at the Bro, level he was competing think, at with Fujitora. I don't think he was serious at all in the entire Dressrosa arc, which is why I'm not just trying to like downgrade him as the weaker. Like, I do think that he's weaker than the other Admirals, but I I can't gauge that gap accurately because I so don't feel I, like none of them. But that's the thing. I think Zoro is lower Admiral level after one. Is what I'm saying. Okay, if that if that's your argument, then I'm not gonna fight you on that. Cause Zoro yeah. is gonna be strong as fuck after Wano. Uh, cause I'm also putting Luffy up there. Exactly. Luffy up there now. Cause Luffy <laughs> uppercutting Kaido and shit. So like, you know, he up there now. But okay, if that's your argument, I'm not fighting you on that shit. Yeah. What I am fighting you on is I ain't eating no Ant Queen, bro. <laughs> you you you'll do it, G. Nah, G. Fuck out of here, son. She's gonna be like, life. Cuz we're not rolling, bro. I'm not letting them roll. I'll I'll fuck out of here. I'll floss that nigga. I'll floss that nigga Roshi teeth. I'll floss that nigga Roshi teeth before I hit that answer out, bro. G, Big Mom gonna hit your ass with a life or baby. (laughs) You die. Shooting the club up, bro. Fuck you, me. How? If I could, I'm gonna starve. I'm gonna starve that I bitch. I pledge, like, bro. I'm gonna find a way. I'm for like three starve. weeks. Love, so she love can get smaller. 
so she can get back to them glory days. Like she, she was ain't gonna want to. She ain't gonna want to do the thing when she hungry. G, you gotta get her when she full. Mama, mama, you gotta get her she in. Gonna <laughs> she gonna be hungry for this meat. <laughs> That was another uh exhilarating uh segment from Sensei the Glove, another Sensei rapid fire question. Uh fuck y'all y'all think uh it's cap what I said. And if y'all <laughs> niggas is eating out the ant queen, you some nasty motherfuckers. That's true villain. Uh that is it for this episode. I think we covered everything. So, yeah, we're going to call it one. That's it for this episode of Worst Generation Podcast. Don't forget to hit us up on Twitter, uh, at Worst Gen Pod. Interact with Leek, the social media man of the day, of the week, of the month, of the year. He is on Twitter. He's waiting for you to hit him up. That's pretty much all he does. Uh, that in post screenshots of Kingdom. Tune in <laughs> on Wednesdays once again for Anime After Dark, only on Clubhouse, hosted by Worst Generation Podcast and Blame Podcast. That's Wednesdays at 9.30 p.m. CST. Tell us what you think about the episodes. Tell us if you fuck with our opinions or not. Uh, y'all really make the podcast worth it when y'all interact with us and give us y'all fan input. So we really look forward to that. And last but not least, I'm going to say I had some comments on the last episode that you guys don't mind longer episodes. So I'm going to let this whole episode just go up, whether it's two hours, two and a half hours, whatever. And we're going to see how this does. If y'all fuck with longer episodes, then y'all might just start getting longer episodes because we be having long-ass episodes. And that's it for this episode of Worst Generation Podcast. Until next time, we out. Bye, niggas. Super. Yeah.